Hey everybody, this is Gene Troyer. I'm the lead pastor of Restore Church. And what a pleasure it is to welcome you to our podcast. It's my hope that you will be marked by love and encouraged in your faith and inspired to become all God has created you to be. Now I invite you to lean in and enjoy the podcast. So this morning in this third Sunday in this series on Lent of rising from the ashes, we're stepping into another aspect and entertaining the question this morning, is following Jesus, is following the way of Jesus safe? Is it meant to be safe? Is it our goal? There's a line in... Uh, the book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, where the author C.S. Lewis is talking to the children and, and they're getting ready to meet Aslan, who in this story is a representative of Christ. So there's, there's two talking beavers. There's Mr. and Mrs. Beaver. How many of you are Narnia fans? Do you know where I'm going with this? Okay, all right, good. So um, the beavers are preparing the children for this encounter with Aslan. It goes like this. Mr. Beaver says, Aslan is a lion, the lion, the great lion. Oh, said Susan, I'd thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. He is not safe, but he is good. Maybe, maybe you view Jesus as sometimes pictured, right, with the long flowing hair and the neat beard these kind, gentle eyes gazing into the distance, never upset. But you don't picture him as the strong, fierce lion. Is he is not safe, but he is good? Is that hard for you to picture or maybe believe? Do we want anything but the gentle Jesus that is described as a lamb. Because shouldn't following Jesus be easy and safe? Does thinking of him as a fierce lion make us nervous too, like it did Susan? So can we find safety in Jesus and appeal to him as a fierce lion? Can we pray dangerous prayers? Is there tension in this view between God as a lamb and a lion. So my goal today is for you to leave here and wrestle with these thoughts, to kind of step into that tension and maybe find a new perspective. But ultimately, friends, I would want all of us in this space to be a little more dangerous for the kingdom of heaven, uh, to the kingdom of darkness, to rise from the ashes, as we're doing in this series, right? Rising from the ashes and tap into the power that is ours through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So let's explore a little bit our view 
our view of our walk with Jesus and maybe the way that we operate or why we do what we do. So a question would be, do you make decisions based on what feels safe? Now I know sometimes this isn't even a conscious thing, right? So maybe we can think of it in this way. Uh, what is it that rattles my safety? Or maybe what is it that I think really secures it? Does feeling safe, or when you feel safe, does that mean God is good? Because if so, if things don't go well, then that means God is not good. And then my faith is challenged. So look at it this way. We, we say, if God is good, then he will do these things and I will not feel these things. So do we see here these, the expectations we have of God and what feels safe? If I find the person for me, if I'm able to have children, if the kids quit making fun of me or hurting me at school, if I have a house, if my relationships are without conflict, then God is good. But what if these things don't happen? Friends, is God still good then? Maybe we should say it a different way. Because uh, I think there's, a big, there's some trouble in this theory that God being good means I'm going to be comfortable. Right? So can we say, because God is good, I believe and I will trust in his will, his ways, and his nature, even when things don't go the way I think they should. So even if I'm not married, if I don't have kids, if I have conflict, if people are against me, even if I am poor or I am physically or mentally not well, even then God is good and we can choose to trust him. I'll say for the first probably, I don't know, three to five years of our marriage, Jean, it was pretty, pretty easy, pretty easy going. Um, we didn't really have any rifts. As a matter of fact, we'd get home from a night out with friends and we'd be like, is there something wrong with us? Like, they're fighting. Like, our friends seem to be, you know, these first years aren't very easy. So what are we doing wrong? And I just think maybe it was because we weren't really a threat. Like, if we're looking at this in the spiritual realm, like, we, we were good. We did the right things, right? We worked hard. Um, we went to church. But I think perhaps we were playing it safe, but not intentionally. It's not like we sat down and, and you know, said, hey, babe, do you want to play it safe? Like, we didn't do that, right? And I think sometimes what I want to do today is just bring this to our awareness, now, I'll say that since we've become more intentional about walking out this way of Jesus, of this way of love, of loving well, of investing in other people, investing in the local church with our time and our money, it feels kind of like we've become targets. And with, with Jean's cancer now, it, it's taken it like to a whole nother level of personal. And friends, it makes me mad. Many of you have asked, how are you doing? And I will tell you, you know what, we're doing all right, but I'm really kind of mad. 
But I will also tell you, we feel safe because we believe and we know that we are in God's hands. So in this scenario, the lion and the lamb are both present. The fierce lion, see, I think cancer, sickness, also makes him mad. I think he hates the brokenness that we live in. We have many, many friends. Um, we have those of you online. We have people in this space that are going to the Father with us and saying, ah, God help, we hate this. And we can do that knowing that if he chooses to, he can slay this cancer. Now the lamb is also present, the gentle lamb who gives us peace, who sustains us, who guards our minds, and that's kind of a full-time job right now, guards our mind, he guides our steps. So the lion, the lamb are both present here. It's how we can scream out to God and say, I hate this and I know you hate it too but we can still be in peace at the same time. So friends, this morning I wonder, are you a threat to the darkness? Are you and I dangerous? Are we tearing our clothes and yelling fiercely as we step into situations that are way bigger than we are, knowing that it's gonna take more than our own strength and will and determination? Are we asking God to change us, to use us, maybe even to break us? Or are we asking him to keep us safe? Are we playing it safe? Some of you may have heard this phrase that the safest place to be is in the center of God's will. Yeah? Sounds kind of good and nice and comfortable, doesn't it? Like if we step out in faith, God will protect us. We like how that sounds. Friends, I think it's profoundly unbiblical. I think we can see in the Bible stories of many, many, many followers of Jesus who were tortured, suffered, died. And friends, Jesus... If we look at no other example, Jesus was perfectly centered in the will of God. Perfectly centered in the will of God, and yet he was betrayed, deserted, denied, mocked, attacked, blindfolded, spat upon, slapped, and that was all before he carried that cross to Golgotha. There are more examples, and I know, I know, I'm with you here. I know that Jonah, he was freed from the whale of the belly. Yeah, I said that right, the belly of the whale. Yeah, I said it wrong. Anyhow, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> My brain just goes ahead of me sometimes is all I'm saying. <clears throat> Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were thrown into a fiery inferno, and not a piece of them was burned. Daniel was thrown into a lion's den and was not harmed. But friends, listen to me. Obedience is emphatically not 
a guarantee for prosperity, blessing, safety, or life. John 16, says, in this world you will have trouble. But see, here in America, we're pretty comfy schmumpy. Like, it's hard for us to imagine any kind of suffering or not feeling safe or heavens, not feeling uncomfortable. But we can look at scripture and we can see where Jesus talks to his disciples, to his followers. And I'm going to read this scripture, but I want you to know, church, this is for us today. This is for you and I today. In Luke 9, 23, he says, and this is for us. If you truly desire to be my disciple, you must disown your life completely, embrace my cross as your own, and surrender to my ways. Friends, when did we lose sight of this truth? I read this and I think, disown your life, embrace my cross, surrender. Self-denial is the foundation of the call to the gospel. Yes, we're aware of and we're working in our gifts, but we are surrendering self. We are plugged into God and not into other humans, into each other, or to ourselves. We are surrendered to God, which means, friends, this is like an ongoing relationship. This is a daily, hourly and you know those times when it's moment by moment, right? It's this, this constant communication with God, not just when things go awry or when we don't feel safe. He says, embrace my cross and follow me. One, another translation says, take up your cross and follow me. It does not say, take up your comfy couch. It says your cross. Take up your cross without looking back, willing to suffer. Friends, the picture of the cross is Jesus giving it all, every last bit. Embrace my cross, knowing that you will upset people. Jesus talked to a prostitute. He sat with the scandals. I wonder where we find ourselves, who we're talking to, who we're sitting with. Embrace his cross, knowing that you will change. Friends, we cannot meet God and stay the same. We will change. It's having to lay things aside. It's being willing to serve each other. So to look out for the good of the other. If you've been here, you know um, a big piece of, of who we are here at Restore is loving. We love God. We love others. And a piece of that loving is serving. And so we know how important this is to just the local ministry here, um, as well as our community here in, in Goshen. And we have opportunities for you to step right into that in practical ways. And you'll see there are QR codes pretty much all over the church, so I won't spend a lot of time with it. But scan that and you can see ways that you can step into serving. Embrace his cross knowing he will impact your life and you don't get to pick which areas. Embrace his cross knowing you may have to uh, surrender your wallet 
And this is from the words of Jesus, so don't get frustrated with me. Check it out in Matthew 6. He talks about where our treasure is, right? So we may have to surrender. And it may take a willingness to change the way you think, to be transformed, to be renewed in our mind. It will move your heart to care and to reach out for the people that he deeply loves and cares for. See, following the way of Jesus isn't always easy because it's not safe, but it is always the right thing. He is not safe, but he is good. See, I think following Jesus is a different kind of safe, maybe. It's knowing that we don't have to fear humans or illness or death. It's knowing that when we suffer, when we're dying, when we're in pain, when we are just trying to get out of bed in the morning and get one foot in front of the other, we are still in his hands. It's realizing that nothing can separate us from his love. It's knowing that when we're following Jesus, we can hear his voice, and we can have confidence in that. This safety is seeing that the way of Jesus is the way that protects our hearts, even when they're shattered into a million pieces, when all is lost, and there's no hope in anything a human can do, Christ is enough. Friends, he's been where you are. You're not alone. And I know sometimes we say, oh, God doesn't get it, or we think God doesn't get it. But friends, he knows exactly what you're feeling because he's been there. And he also knows exactly what you need and will provide it for you whenever you ask him for it. See, we can trust him. We can believe in his goodness and know this deep, mysterious peace because we've chosen his way and not ours. Yes, I know. Surrender feels like death, more like death than life. But I'm telling you, there is only one way to live. Knowing Jesus is the only safety. He is the only way, the only truth, the only life. And he will never leave you or decide that you're not worth his time and attention anymore. He'll never do the, oh, I can't even with you anymore. You'll never hear that from him. So take comfort in the fact that he is good. Even when it doesn't make sense or your life is a mess, when we don't agree, we don't understand, or we don't feel safe. Friends, we can still believe, as it says in Romans 8, 28, that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. So I again ask you this morning, friends, are you safe or are you dangerous? And again, this might be the first time you're thinking of it. So we use some examples. Um, our prayer life can sometimes help us understand where we are. So um, do, I'll give you some examples. Do we pray, God, help my day to be good? Or do we pray, thank you, God, for giving me everything I'm going to need to navigate whatever comes at me today? 
See, friends, in 2 Peter 1.3, it says, everything we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has already been deposited in us by his divine nature. I don't even have to ask him for it. I can just say, thank you, God, for giving me what I need for this day. I'm ready to go. Do we pray, God, help me find a good job so that I have plenty of money left over when I pay my bills? Or can we pray, show me, Lord, how I can be generous with my time and my resources, no matter what my income is? God, break me of my need to find comfort and safety in stuff so that I can realize your provision. Do we pray, God, please heal me now? Or can I pray, God, use me as I navigate my health issues. Show me how to honor and glorify you in the middle of my pain, how to continue loving and serving others in spite of this so that others will see you and they will see how you're comforting me. Are my prayers giving God direction, like telling him what to do? Or are my prayers giving God permission to do what is best and what is in his will? Now, before you're all offended, I'm not going to say the first, the first prayers aren't bad, okay? They're not necessarily bad, but they might be a little safe and a little lame. Right? We'll be safe. We won't have to change anything. I'll be comfortable. Right? Listen, I know for sure. God wants to hear our desires. Those of you that have kids, like when our kids come, us to, they come to us and they ask us for something, like we love to give them what they want when it makes sense, right? when it is not, you know, for their detriment. And I believe God is the same way. But like those of you who have kids, once they ask about the fourth time, you're like, I'm just going to say no now because I'm tired of it. Fortunately, God isn't that way. But I do believe God doesn't forget. So we can give him our request and then leave it there. Leave it there. We don't have to remind him what we need. He's got it. So then we give it to him, leave it there, and then we can praise him while we wait. While we wait. I know, friends, it's hard, right? We are waiting for his timing, his ways. But I think, friends, that is the more dangerous second option. See, I think the second prayers are a little more dangerous because they require surrender. Open hands, open hearts. Submitting to God's will and his timing. It's understanding that we don't know it all. We don't know where our path is leading us or why. It's being okay with uncomfortable. Maybe a few less of our wants. It's being okay with unpredictable or like out of our control. But friends, listen, we appeal to his goodness and his greatness, but then we surrender to his ways. So where's my heart? 
What is my posture? Are my prayers guided by what I want for myself and what is safe? Or is it guided by surrender? And I get it. Like, surrender is hard, right? Because I don't want to feel certain things. And it might mean changing. It, it might be inconvenient, and it might cost me a lot. For me, it's often, I don't want to wait on God. So I know today I can solve this like this, and I don't have to wait. And that rarely works out for me. But can we surrender? Do you trust the God of the universe? I'm saying actually walking this out, not just saying the words. Do you believe he has your best in mind? Because, friends, if you don't, you can't be dangerous. It's like running a marathon without training. Or like if you don't trust your body, you know there's no way you're going to finish a marathon. Hebrews 12 actually has a reference to the marathon where it says, then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination for the path has already been marked out before us. I don't know about you, but a marathon sounds like death to me. Like I can't even imagine it. Um, but it is this great example of, of the life that we might have to push through, right? And taking these little steps of discipline and growth, and it's just this, ah, as we push through the pain. As I read that scripture, I don't think it says anything about it being easy. But it does say that the path is laid out for us, that we can trust him. It might not be a clear path. There may be times when we trip or take a wrong turn. We might get lost, feel afraid. But we can have confidence that he's with us and he will guide us and sustain us. He is not safe, but he is good. Will you stand with me? Friends, if we want to move forward, if we want to move into this life that we were created for, to make an impact for the kingdom of God in our little worlds, in our families, in our community, to stay in the race, we may have to let go of the things that we think give us comfort and security and may need to start looking outside of ourselves. We need to start praying dangerous prayers, my friends. If we want to see revival, if we want to see healing, if we want to see change in this land and in our families, we need to start right here, allowing God to break us, to break us of ourselves so that, we, so that he can use us, serving others instead of serving ourselves and looking out for us. So again, I ask you, are you a threat to the darkness? And if not, do you want to be? Are you ready to rise from the ashes with his power in you? The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. So will you join me in praying dangerous prayers? Letting go of comfortable and safe. Knowing that the lion and the lamb are with you. 
the lion that fiercely fights, who is strong on our behalf and helps us to push through the impossible. The lion that fiercely fights for the weak and the neglected, the marginalized, the sick, the orphans, for marriages and for relationship. These are the things that we need to stand up for and to fight fiercely for. The lion and the gentle lamb. The lamb who holds us, loves us, cares for us and gives us peace even when we can't see good. When our worlds are rocked and we don't feel safe. This is an example of how we can love each other well to bring peace into every space we occupy. So what's one step that you can take today to propel you out of the safety zone? To get into the game, to rise from the ashes and become dangerous. To uh, become a fierce threat to Satan's kingdom. Believing that God is good even when it doesn't feel safe. What do you need to do? Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Please rate and review us on Spotify and iTunes and join us again for next week's podcast. We love you and pray blessing and peace over you and your family.